Hey friends, how you doing? Are you taking enough time for yourself? You really should. Why not sit down, pour yourself a lovely beverage, and listen to us numpties blab? That will make you feel better. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. Ryan May turned 76, and I'd bet you dollars to donuts he's kicking back today and watching his favorite Tarantino movie. But not us. We are talking Queen. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. So, uh, how you doing there, Kev? I'm I'm doing all right, Mister Woods. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. You know, I'm all right. Yeah, I've had a little bit of a sniffle today. I don't know. You do? And end up having to go for a nap. I had to, I had to go down for a lie down, Randy, because I had a bit of a headache today. So I don't know. Just I think it's just age. I'm just getting old. I think that's I think that's what's happening with you. Me, I'm ageless. But uh <laughs> ageless, sexless, <laughs> blueless, <laughs> fucking dim-witted fucking <laughs> how's this guy even continuing to breathe? <laughs> but uh no, yeah, it's uh feeling a little bit uh a little bit uh, a little tired tonight. A little, uh, a little sleepy. Well, you know what we need then? We need an absolute fucking we need a banger of a queen song to pick us up, eh? So hopefully well, we get something, so. you know, hopefully we get something from I don't know, Shea Heart Attack or Queen One or something. So that's something a bit rocky is what less hope for, but we'll get to that I, later. I think so. I think that's a that's that's a excellent plan. And I'm kind of hoping that a little bit of this uh this amber flavored colored beer flavored beverage might give me a little bit of artificial energy at least. A, a bit of chutzpah. Yeah, for, for now. Anyhow, you know what I'm saying? No, I mean, it's going to do one or two things, right? It's going to either get you all leery and, and punchy, or it's going to get, get get you to sleep even quicker. There you go. And you know me, after I've had a few beers, I'll get all punchy. <laughs> eh? I've, you're, never you're a... I've never understood guys like that. Some no, guys me get, neither. get a few beers in them and they want to fight. And it's like, nah. Plus, I mean, like this face, like I don't want to fucking fuck it up any, any worse than it already is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's the butter fighting. It's just it just it gets blood all over your shoes, and makes your nose hurt. It just it, oh. it's not it's not attractive. It's just I don't know, man. It's oh. just it's a fool's errand. Yeah, I just get sleepy. I used to be quite renowned in, in back in the in the old days for like the guys would be like, "What the fuck did you go last night? Did you pull? Nope, went to bed. <laughs> I got a, I got a cab and left you fuckers and went back to my bed." <laughs> uh, did the old ninja drunk thing, hey? The ninja drunk, just bugger off. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, I used where's, to have a. Where's Where's Kevin? <laughs> I don't know. He was here, and then now he's gone. I am. Nin- oh man, God, have you you've seen that ninja song? Okay, that stupid, dumb, blonde moron. Mm. No. Okay, I got to show you this. Uh... Yeah, what is it for real? Who is it? It's this Jennifer Murphy with some sort of what about American YouTube personality which you know straight away that's questionable as to the the personality word and a former beauty pageant contest i'm going to play you a little content bit creator please content, content creator yeah of course of course <laughs> but let me play you a little bit of this because it will make your balls curl okay and your toes retract <laughs> Thank you. 
So basically, it's you know, it's full production and everything, but she sings this like with a straight face at this kind of party, and there's this East Asian lady kind of in this in this crowd, and just it's it's unbelievable. Just have a, have a quick listen. I shut my Murphy bed, sat down to scratch my head. What could this day bring? It could be anything. I get the phone call. I gotta help them all. Loving it so far. Really, really amazing. It didn't take me long to find the ticking bomb. He took off in my jeep. That chow is such a creep. I gotta find a way. It does. It does. I was gonna say it gets better. It gets more. It gets worse. In a very specific when she starts doing the accent. You know what? Maybe I too could be ninja. I want to be ninja. Oh. I... Oh, oh just... my word. Isn't that unreal? That's pretty and, crazy. And she does it right into this Asian lady's face, and it's just sort of... I... I just can't even wrap my head around what would possess you to think that that's okay. <laughs> just, just unfettered white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's more offensive though, the song itself or the, or the just the blatant racism. It's the racism. The racism is worse. It's the racism. <laughs> definitely the racism. That definitely makes it worse. Which, Good Lord. Uh, I do believe you've heard me say this about our lovely province of Saskatchewan. It's uh, there's really two things that aren't great about it. One, it's the wind, and two, it's the racism. Yeah, it's the wind and the racism. The wind and the ra- and the windy racism is the windy racism is the worst, right? Come on, come on, buddy. Yeah, it's pretty. We're, we live in there. So for our listeners, we live in a bit of a red state here in Saskatchewan and in, in, in the north, the cold white north. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's quite conservative here. Which you know we push back against as much as we can in our small way, but you know seems to be ineffectual because there's a lot of people who love their racism. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, nobody wants anything to change. Speaking of race, I was going to say speaking of place that's not racist, but I was it's Twitter, so of course there's lots of racism on Twitter. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should no, over there. We should head over there and uh, and and look at polls and comments and all that kind of thing. Now, Randy, we've got a lot of comments between Twitter and Facebook, so I think what we might have to do. I might have to cut it down a bit and start being a wee bit more so active. I don't know. So we'll, we might not, you know, folks, if we don't read out your tweet or your comment this week, please don't take it offense by it. We're just trying to cut the time down before we get into the song because we're, we're pushing up to half an hour now before we even spin the wheel, which might be about as much as anyone really wants to listen to. So we're probably going to pare this down a bit. But we did put the poll up, Randy. Um, now, do you remember what your guess was for the poll on nope. um, Headlong? No. Nope. You said you thought it might be 65-35 in favor. I went 45-55 in favor. So I thought this would be a negative. I thought this would be dusted. And I was, I've got to tell you, I was surprised. You are the winner again. I think Hmm. this is the third week in a row. It's definitely the second. I think it might be the third. And what were the poll results on Twitter? Well, you know, Mr. Brown, what we have here is we have 58.1% at a champion and 41.9% biting the dust. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it was on Facebook. It was sixty-eight point five champion and thirty-one point five percent. But we've always said the the folks over in Twitter or over on Facebook are you know generally very upbeat and positive people. Yeah, just a much nicer group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben Wheeler, 
I too look forward to your musings every week. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Ben. Uh, even putting aside the lyrics, this is so very poor. The song requires a third poll option <laughs> of a fate worse than mere biting the dust. Uh, perhaps decaying, <laughs> perhaps decaying sewer rat a la death on two legs. <laughs> there you go. So, and I think if we did, I think if we did add a third option that we would have to call it uh, decaying sewer rat. Yeah. Decaying in a, in a cesspool of mediocrity. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Black Pie says, you guys are right. There's a nugget of a decent song in there. I appreciate they had to use Freddie sparingly, but his vocal sounds like a demo. And Brian has been caught poking around at the bottom of Roger's discarded lyric battle. Dustopia. Hey, there's a new one, Dustopia. That could be a, that's definitely a t-shirt they're going to do up. Oh, I like that one. Uh, where are we here? Sorry. Uh, Alice's dad, blue tick, Barry John Williams. Uh, when Innuendo came out, I gave the song a slight pass. More so after Freddie died. I felt it was rushed and that they knew they were on borrowed time. There's a good song buried in there somewhere. They just needed a little bit more time. A luxury they didn't have. Dust for me. And Dieter says dust also. This song has a lot of good bits in it. Brian's guitar work, the chugging rhythm, and of course the brilliant title. But somehow these bits don't make a great song. To my ears, the song sounds like the handbrake is still on. So maybe it's a production thing. And you know what? That's something that when I read that, I was like, yeah, I that I can get on board with that. Because it does feel like you could really amp everything up on this song. You could really crunch those guitars up. You could really get Roger's drum sounding, you know, if, if, if they sounded like they did on Date the Races, say. You know, they would, probably would have elevated it a little bit. But it does feel like they're sort of, you know, just going through the motions a wee bit with a, a bit of a, a bit of a little rock and roll. Agreed. Paul Walbyoff, voted champion, good old rocker, which is a bit of a fun throwaway. Different times and circumstances and more time could have created a good rock, solid rock song. Still a good head bobber, though. Uh, not shared my thoughts on some of the songs, but I'm still here listening every week. Well, thank you. Thanks for that, Paul. Yeah, good to have you back, man. Uh, Rob Century says, I used to think it was a bit naff with questionable lyrics, but I've mellowed, and it's a great pop rock song. My four-year-old son has taken a liking to it, calling it Hey Ho. So it's become a champion for me. Oh, there you go. A little bit of um, a little bit of uh, nostalgia when your kids sort of uh, pick something up, right? So, uh, yeah. And Paul uh, H Patch Kit at H Patch Kit. Sorry, this uh, would sit nicely on the Back to the Light album. Enough said. One hundred percent dust. <laughs> I think that's a slam against the uh, Brian solo solo record there. Back to the Light. Right, <laughs> right. And. Uh, Oh, again, I've, I've forgotten how you pronounce his name. It's Do at Doncha. Um, says, always love this song, and now I'm married to a white hot lady. It's definitely a champion. Uh, Keith Austin says, this was a tough one to call. As a budding lyricist, it is a duster. However, after listening to another podcast featuring Lloyd Cole, he explained that if you like a song, there's no guilt. You just like it. This made me clean up with the duster and champ it. And yeah, man, like, I, I'm at the age now where I think guilty pleasures just don't exist. Like what you like, don't like what you don't like, and... No one can tell you any different, right? I mean, unless it's Nickelback, yeah. just go to town. You go enjoy yourselves, people. <laughs> uh, Michael Keeley, uh, hoop, diddy, diddy, hoop, diddy, don't, <laughs> dust, dust, dust. Very nice. I appreciate that, Mike. We have a we have a contender there, I think, maybe. That's really the week. Uh, maybe, there's, eh? a, there's a few of these that play on it, though, so we'll, we'll see. And uh, we got our buddy Cheap B Movie at Cheap B Movie. Uh, the one where Randy finds out my handle or origin story and can now finally get a good night's sleep. And you know what, uh, Cheap B, it's been, it's really been rough. So thanks. I'm really glad we got that cleared up. Uh, the lyrics aren't all that great, but they gave me a different option to Beelzebub. So there's that. 
Uh, I'm not sure what we're getting at with that there, Kev. Uh, but it gets me moving and is a welcome relief on innuendo. So, champion. So, yeah, well, Beelzebub, you know. What? The, the, is, I don't know who that is, but. You know, is this, and even obviously because it's one of the lyrics in Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, and then, you know, four, nine, because there's a lot of Beelzebubs on Twitter. So, he, he had like 16 digits after. I think he's just making a, a humorous. Uh, joke, Randy. There, that that you know, cheap B movie was a better name, a better Queen pun. There you go. Uh, Paul Bradbury says, "I usually agree with you guys, but I can't vote this down." Yes, the lyrics are objectively awful, but the lyrics don't matter here. It's so much fun musically. I've always loved it. Yeah, I mean, I we talked about that a little bit too, right? I mean, you and you you said this to me before that you don't always need great lyrics in a rock song um, or yeah. in a, any song really. If, it, if it's sort of a, just a good dancey, but I still think. There's a there's a tipping point with that, and we get when did they get into the territory of like how bad he- the lyrics and headlong are? It just goes too far for me, and it's just like yeah, no, 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 thanks. Uh, Brycey says this track comes in for a lot of criticism, but I actually like it. That's a champ for me. Uh, I think I like it more given Innuendo was a better record after the Miracle, and therefore influenced the liking for most tracks on it. Promo vid also shows Fred in his yellow sweatshirt, <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't like that? Uh, Jim C. Curtis Sparkles, uh, massive note for me. This is indicative of how badly Queen nosedived for me after the game. It's just a fucking tripe. Headlong <laughs> into the bin. There you go. Leighton Brown at uh, Top Leighton. Ironically, in the same LP, they sang, Don't Try So Hard. This is exactly what smacks <laughs> of Queen. Trying to be rockers but failing. To me, it sounds lazy. Route one, uninspired, cookie cutter tosh. And why the programmed 16th beat? Uh, took any sting the drums might have had right out of them. Yeah, yeah, all all good points. And yeah, and I think we really, I think that's really what we we're, we're getting at. Is it sounded like, a, and I think somebody else pointed out here, which I like, and it is is a good term. Is it, it sounds like dad rock. It sounds like a couple yeah. of a couple of dads in their garage. Hey, fuck this sounds fucking great. Uh. <laughs> oh shit! So, yeah. You know when I come over to record my rock songs in your garage, is that? <laughs> Yeah. Does that mean I'm recording making, Dad Rock in your garage? You're making fucking Dad Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> uh, but no, your lyrics are better than, than this. Oh, well, I hope, thank you, and I hope so. Um, Ian Winnick <laughs> says, would I put this on a Queen playlist? Not unless it was one called Cheesy Rockers, which is not what I come to Queen for. So it's time to hit the old dusty trail. Incidentally, I have no idea what uh, having soup in the laundry bag means, and I'm happy to go to my grave that way. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Uh, Lisa great. Malloy says, you know, we go and again, you know, it is people we can't often find that the voting will go whatever the way the voting goes, but the comments usually will be more weighted toward either the negative or the positive, where this one's been a pretty good blend. And Lisa Malloy says, I've always loved this ridiculously lyric song, champion for me. Ha ha. And then she's doing the pretty thing there. So <laughs> Alex Small, hoop, diddy, diddy, hoop, dusty, dust. <laughs> Very nice. And we have P at P70, great old rocker, so it gets a champion from me. Uh, if I had to bin a song because of uh, dodgy lyrics, my bins would be overflowing. And yeah, yeah, there you go. Fit like photography, very succinct here. It's fucking shit. A total embarrassment of a song, cringe from start to finish. I mean, you know, tell us how you really feel. I think that's how everybody <laughs> really feels. Yeah. Rob Mars says, dust, dusty, dusty, dust, dusty, dough. I'm assuming. It's like Breakthrough fell through from a parallel universe. <laughs> uh, our buddy Doug Seabus. Uh, dust, I don't hate on it. I still find a 
I still find time for headlong uh, when filling my five disc changer with Queen <laughs> CDs. It will eventually be joined by six other innuendo tracks in the old dustbin. There you Excellent. go, Rob Hatton. Wow. Yeah, Rob Hatton says, I just can't get on with this track. It's uh, probably Brian's cheesy-ass, nonsensical, and downright embarrassing, uh, embarrassingly out-of-touch lyrics. This man wrote The Show Must Go On uh, from the same bloody album, and we get this dad rock crap. <laughs> Dust that shit. So there you go. Maybe it was Rob that I had read uh, previously calling it dad rock. But th- that, really, so. that really, really, in, in two words, really describes it. Yeah, I mean, Rob's point there about, you know, The Show Must Go On is it's on the same record. And that's such yeah. a good lyric, and that was my that was my complaint on it, right? Is that you've got this guy who even on even even his throwaway lyrics, you know, like fat bottom girls, are way better than this. So he can yeah. write them. He can write sort of, you know, tongue in cheek, schlocky lyrics that just that fit the song. But these were just absolute cack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Russell says the lyrics are preposterous, silly fun. The whole song is completely tongue in cheek, and it rocks. Not exactly grade A queen, but it's good. So champion. Glad Randy picked up on the ha classic Freddyism. It's stuff like that that I love. Yeah, fair enough. Absolutely. <laughs> and Pank says, uh, and that's 007, our friend Pank P007, who definitely is a spy, we established, says, having actually laid down in the shelves at Metropolis Studios, I'm a firm fan, proper rocker, full of vim. It's full of something. I'm not too sure I'd say vim. <laughs> uh, Darren Helliwell. A decent rocker, some dodgy lyrics, so bites the dust for me. Uh, the video for it is okay. Freddie was really into it, even though he was very ill at the time. Yeah, well, there you go. And uh, Richard McMahon here says, Bessie did it better. Gotta love the hot dog lyrics. <laughs> Say what? Yeah, but I mean, but Hot Dog Man's a great song. I mean, the woman, <laughs> man with the hot dog stand, I don't know about that one. Uh, Prime Jar Funster says champion because it's capital letters fun. Sometimes that's all a song needs to be. Yeah. No, I look, dude. Absolutely. If you, if you, if it gets you off, that's absolutely fantastic. David A. Wilson says it's no Delilah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know which way that's swinging. Is are we swinging up or even lower? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Matt Greenham says I can see the problems. Dodgy lyrics. Root one drop D rivage, uh, but I don't care. I love it anyways. Uh, and Andrew Holloway, champion. Just yeah, I think it's a lot of people. And Dominic Pierce says, whilst the music may be great, the lyrics may make my ears bleed with pain. I did, however, buy the 7-inch, 12-inch, 12-inch picture disc and cassette single in 1991, and it didn't even reach top 10 in the charts. Shows what little musical taste I had at 15 years old. Get in that dustbin. Man, cassette singles. Remember cassette singles? Holy I, shit. Wow. No, you know what? I got to be honest. I don't think I ever bought a cassette single. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a wild, like, I mean, obviously, cassettes were... They were king oh, for yeah. a while. They were the king of the formats for a while, right? But so it oh. makes sense that you release them. And I definitely had a few of them, but such a fucking ball ache. Like you gotta rewind the fucking thing all the time and it gets tangled, and then you gotta use a pencil. I don't know. I'm glad we got away from that shit. What a dumb format. Great for recording. I know, real to real. I know tape's good for recording, but I'm not good for playback. Brian Crozier says innuendo has moments of greatness. Alas, headlong is a moment of dust. There you go. Okay, so over on uh, Facebook, we got a couple of uh, longer comments, some some manifestos. So we're going to trim some of this down, Randy, but I do want to kind of highlight a few things. So this is a really good point from Steve uh, Jonkman said, it wouldn't surprise me if John didn't actually play bass on this track because we'd mentioned about, you know, it being phoned in. It says yeah. in Queen's official biography, as it began, it says the only problem they were having with recording the mixing of the album, Innuendo, uh, was the absence of a bass player. John was spending much of his time in beer with his family and little of it at the studios. 
And he says the bass part's pretty straightforward. It could easily have been played by Roger or more likely Brian since he meant it to be on his studio album. There are other places on the album where the bass is suspiciously undeaky, like Delilah, and of course places where it is unmistakably deaky, like I'm going slightly mad. So yeah, I hadn't thought of that at all. Um, and we don't know. I don't think anyone's ever... I've never seen anything posted about that, but it's a good call. Mm. That might well be, Steve. Deborah Standinger says, I guess I'm not as deep a listener, so the lyrics never bothered me. Headlong is not my favorite Queen song, but it certainly doesn't bite the dust. Uh, you guys still have my favorite podcast. Well, hmm. well, as we have noted before, flattery does really just get you anywhere in this podcast. So thanks for that, Deborah. Yeah, so really, no, thank you, Deborah. Uh, Melissa, Melissa Chioka? Joker, would have pronounced that maybe? Says, sure. bites the dust for me. The throwaway lyrics are just too disappointing. The music video is pure fromage. That's ah, definitely, but that's why I love it. Seeing Freddie smiling and being silly warms my heart while Brian headbanging in a Bart Simpson t shirt is simply hilarious. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Uh, it says, P.S. Poutine is practically a staple here in Montreal. Um, while it is a heart attack on a plate, it also very much hits the spot after spending an evening shoveling snow in minus 40 degree weather. Oh, Canada, eh? And P.P.S. just Thank you, Cardinal Randy and Pope Kevin for keeping us entertained every week. We bow to your awesomeness. Thank you, oh, Melissa. Thanks. And Pope, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to step into those shoes. Can that's I be a, a, big... a Monsignor, maybe? Maybe I could be a Monsignor. That's that's a big role to fill there, buddy. So, okay. Owen Cole says, uh, love the podcast. Makes me think about Queen tunes in a different way. Uh, never picked up on the lack of kick on Jealousy. Mm-hmm. Freddie's voice is indeed weak on Headlong. Uh, and I reckon this is one of Brian's songs, which was better with him. Uh, and his post-Queen band playing it. However, the lyrics are really shit. Uh, and he says, uh, uh, in regards to the JD bass chat, on the Magic Years, John Entwistle said he joked with John that he should use a heavier bass. Can any bass players explain? Hmm. <laughs> uh, heavier strings? Well, I think that, I, I suspect, I mean, we're talking about the ox there. I mean, Entwistle fucking abuse that instrument like no one else in history did up to that point so <laughs> i think maybe it's just like it's a, a little bit of a jab not a jab exactly just a little bit of teasing but i mean john played some fucking heavy bass on queen songs man like he could hold his own against anybody in that department no problem oh yeah for sure uh joe fuller says men i agree with nothing you said on this podcast except that mercury's voice sounded a bit weak um, i think the lyrics were meant to be nonsensical i feel that the top 25 percent of all queen songs are so unimaginably good it's hard to judge their average songs for me anyway i enjoy your podcast i feel you both do a wonderful job with almost no prep work before the show thank you for doing this show oh killer champion that, yeah thanks a lot joe and i'd kind of said you know definitely and it's nice to be able to it's nice that we've found a little community people people um on the social media randy who uh, can respectfully disagree on social media isn't that incredible yeah it's good it's good it's almost as though we're civilized fucking adults uh jeremy walpole said i agree with what you both said it hurts because i want to love everything it has its positives but it's turkey for sure michael j smith says this bites never been a fan never will be even if the lyrics were good i don't think the actual tune is anything great funnily enough i still sing along to it when it comes on though (laughs) killer episode again love the pod thanks mike appreciate that well, that's what you said too, right? Because my main issue with that song, it was the lyrics. I actually don't mind a lot of the music where you just weren't a fan of anything about it. So, Yeah. And our pal Nick Crofts, who again suggested that we do the, the re-listen through for Randy, said, I like this song. Good riff and catchy rocker. Who cares about the lyrics? And really, hoop diddy, hoop diddy do is catchy and fun. Nothing as bad compared to the pile of poo that is meow meow on Delilah. Uh, this is a pretty <laughs> successful single and Brian must have liked it as he played it live in his Brian May band live tours. You guys are too harsh, he says. <laughs> James Lawrence says uh, 
loved the song until my wife played the word headlong and scramble, scrabble, <laughs> hitting two triple word scores and scored 158 <laughs> points. <laughs> uh, that's a good reason not to like it. Uh, <laughs> uh, still great, though, and a champion for me. So, yeah, thanks, James. And a new, I think we've got a new listener here, uh, Serena Skimicha. I'm not, again, I'm, I'm just terrible with pronunciations of non sort of Anglo-Saxon names. I'm dreadful at it. Uh, but it says, no, never a favorite of mine, so definitely a dusty bin one. Have to agree with Kevin on the dumb Diddy Diddy lines. When I was a kid, I thought the line, he used to be a man with a stick in his hand, was he used to be a man with his dick in his hand. Uh, then I remembered it was released as a single, so maybe not. Anyway, just for me, yeah, and I've... Mr. Lyrics, you can you can totally hear that, right? So <laughs> Blow talking Walter, fire engine guy. <laughs> yeah, Kev, I think uh I think we should also mention that uh it's uh Mr. Brian May's birthday uh on July the nineteenth. Uh so that is tomorrow from when we're recording, but uh this yeah. will, that'll be yesterday from uh, when you guys listen to this. So uh and seventy-six years old and yeah. uh, by all accounts still uh still playing the guitar. Still rocking. I mean, that's, you know, that's the other thing too. And I will, maybe we'll just, this will be a quick, very quick segue, but I know that they come in for a lot of stick with sort of, some people feel they're kind of trashing the Queen legacy. And I do understand some of those arguments. I think they're, they're you know, they're very commercially away, let's say that maybe. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, Brian May at 76 years old is still out there rocking people and still making people happy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still, still filling arenas, still playing his heart out and, Regardless of all the other stuff, I think that sort of two hours when someone's on stage, he's not thinking about, I don't think he's thinking about dollars and cents. I don't think he's even thinking about private helicopter rides and all that stuff. He's thinking about that connection that you have as a musician on stage with a bunch of people who are listening to a bunch of songs that they love. And that's, I'm never going to criticize anyone for that. You're sure he's not thinking about the, all the queen coffee mugs he's going to sell to all the people in the audience? <laughs> <laughs> well, we should say, we should mention quickly that um, on Friday, uh, Friday was the release of the Starfleet Project box set. Wow. Um, now, I had asked for one for my birthday, and it's on its way because I bought mine through my local record store. I didn't, I didn't buy online because, I don't know, the shipping always seems to be a bit low when I order through the vinyl exchange downtown. Um, so it is coming, but it's delayed by a, a week or so. So I'm hoping to get that fairly soon because it's, it's been released now, and it's on... Um, it's on all the streaming platforms, and it's exactly what I wanted it to be. It's basically every, essentially every take, mm. like every take of the Starfleet project, and just to hear, you know, different people trying different little licks and different things, and bringing things in and out at different times, and all this kind of stuff. It's just fucking wonderful. I, I, I'm a nerd for that kind of stuff, so it hit me. Uh, it hit my sweet spot really, really hard. So nice. Um. All right. Well, those are socials and, and and what have you. And I might edit that down a little bit, Randy. I'll see. What I'm going to try and do is keep that to about 20, 25 minutes if I can. Um, we'll see. But the main job of work that we have here, well, it's not really work, is it? It's effort, but it's not work, is to uh, listen to Queen. So what's the format of the show for people who are hearing this for the first time? Fuck, if you've got this far, well done. Well done. Um, but what are we here to do, Randy? And how do we do it? Well, you know, Kev, I noticed you really talked yourself up last time you uh, gave the explanation. You, you really thought you did a really good job. And uh, 
and you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I don't do quite as good a job, but I'll tell you exactly what we fucking do here, buddy. What we do is we spin a wheel that Kev has conjured up online and it's got all the queen songs that have not been picked yet. He spins it and then it stops somewhere. And then us chuckleheads fucking talk about it for just a ridiculous amount of time. And uh, I think that's really the crux of the whole thing, unless I'm missing something, Kev. That, that is, uh, yeah, that, that'll do. That'll do, yeah. Randy. That'll do. That'll do, pig. Oh! That'll do, donkey. That'll do. Okay, so what I always uh, do, folks, is I always ask Randy what he wants to listen to. And he never disappoints me. Mr. Woods never disappoints me. What do you want to listen to tonight, mate? <laughs> oh fuck. Um what about what about something, you know? What about something fucking good? What about uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, what about what about what about save me? Oh, no, there's something I can get behind. Mm. You know what? This is unprecedented. We've never done this before. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to call for the same song. Oh no! So we do. So here's what I'm thinking: if we both want save me, mm-hmm. the wheel will throw up whatever's on the opposite side of the wheel, right? So exactly, that's definitely exactly. going to happen. Um, but yeah, we still haven't had anything from. I think a kind of magic is the only album we haven't had anything from yet. Uh, so Which Queen is crazy two after after almost forty, 30, yeah, or almost forty episodes. So we've we've had one spin from Queen one, uh, one from only one from Queen two, uh, only one from Sheer Heart Attack, two from A Night at the Opera. Five from a day at the races. Wow. Three from a new three from News of the World. Three from Jazz. One from the game. We haven't had either of the because we've only got two songs on there from Flash. And that's the two songs that actually have sort of lyrics in them. Um, we've had three from Mot Space, only one from the works, zero from a kind of magic, uh, two from the miracle, five from innuendo, and three from Made in Heaven. And then obviously our B sides and whatnot. But yeah, so I'm I'm I wouldn't be upset if we got something from a kind of magic just so we could crack something off that uh, off that record. Mm-hmm. But save me, I'm in the mood for some some good Brian some good Brian May lyrics. There you go. Yes, let's spin it up and see what we get, buddy. So this wheel, folks, it spins round. It's got the logo in the middle. It's, it's hypnotic, and we are going to land on. Oh, hey, no, no. Oh my word! Right. So we wanted some rock and roll. We didn't get Save Me. We definitely got some rock and roll. What song are we listening to tonight, Randy? We got uh, Sheer Heart Attack from News of the World. That's cool. Okay, so the other thing, folks, if you've never listened to this, ep- uh, this um, podcast before, basically, Randy's more or less a, uh, sort of a greatest hits Queen fan with, you know, a few other songs that are albums that he knows. And I'm more of a sort of a committed, lifelong Queen fan who I would say that I know the album thoroughly, uh, top to bottom. Sheer Heart Attack, Randy, I'm guessing that you definitely know this song. I would, I think I do, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you only think you do. It didn't, uh... Yeah, I, you know, I just, I don't have, I don't have the melody right now in my head. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm fairly sure I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it, yeah. Deadly. All right, well, now at this point, folks, we're going to bugger off and do a bunch of uh, research because we don't prep for this. We genuinely pick a song at random. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be, so there's no way we can do any prep ahead of time. So we now we go away and we do as much reading as we kind of want to, really, to get some background on the song, and then we'll go through the song, listen to it with you, and make comments as we go. And now for something completely different.
All right there, Kev, here we have a Roger Taylor uh, tune clocking in at about 3 and 24 seconds. Uh, and I guess uh, the notable thing here is that Roger Taylor did uh, uh, the bass guitar and the rhythm guitar and the drums. And so we got no Deaky. Uh, you got Freddie singing lead. Uh, and of course, Mr. Brian May doing some uh, some of his classic noodly, noodly, hoodla, hoodla. And uh, apparently <laughs> Roger and Freddie kind of in some instances are sharing are sharing the vocal, which, which is kind of cool. And uh, apparently the song was, was very much uh, inspiration of the punk shite that was happening around that time. I recorded in Wessex Studios, London, August 77, and Sarm East Studios in London, uh, mixing in September of 77 with Mike Stone and Queen producing. Yeah, and uh, it, it, I mean, because it, it was originally written, you know, for the Sheer Heart Attack album in 74. But it, you know, like it says that the group didn't feel it quite fit with the overall mood of the disc, but also it wasn't ready. You know, Roger Taylor said in interviews, it just wasn't ready yet. Yeah. He said so he it's quite ironic. Writing it. Yeah. And it's quite ironic that in 77, when they recorded News of the World, they're recording that, you know, right next door to the Sex Pistols recording their album, which is, again, quite just bizarre to think of a band as technically gifted and intelligent and brilliant as they were recording in a studio with a band that really was just going for the the you know garage band and lo-fi aesthetic right so, so opposite which ends band, of the rock and roll spectrum so which band are you referring to here then oh um yeah the, the genesis <laughs> <laughs> the pistols who i just never fucking gave two shits about frankly to be honest with you really couldn't be bothered couldn't care less well i, they're, I mean they're never mind the bullocks album is a fucking classic man yeah i just don't like it no, that's just... really good. All right, that's fair enough. You're entitled to your opinion. Uh, just, well, just... listen. You're right, but in a more highly accurate way, you're wrong. <laughs> so uh, there you go. I think Pope trumps Cardinal, does it not? If I've been elected Pope by one of our listeners, I think that I'm, I think I've got the edge on you now, mate. No, I'm not sure that's uh, I'm not sure that's going to stick, buddy. Fuck. Yeah, no, just the Sex Pistols were always like because I was listening to Queen then, right and. Zeppelin and Deep Purple and Rainbow and bands that could actually fucking play, and so I didn't, you know, the, the 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 punk aesthetic just never landed with me. Plus, you know, I don't know, I just really wasn't exposed to it. I think it was just a wee bit too early for me because it was such a brief period, and I think I was a bit too young to really because it wasn't really being played that much on the radio, right? So it was something I got into in my later teenage years. So yeah, but it was um, it's funny because you know with Deaky not being on the not playing on this track. It was a B-side to Spread Your Wings, which is a John Deacon tune. It's almost like a, a slap in the face one way or the other, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know, I will, no, you won't let me play on your song, so what we're going to do is I'm going to use it as the B-side for my song, the one that we released, the one that's in the charts, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't, think... we this, uh, why don't we spin this fucker up, Kevin? Give it Should a we do that? Time. All right. I think so. I mean, unless you got something else to add. I mean, i got lots to add, but uh, well, let's just get into it. Well, you're just So that, yeah, I mean, it's, that's all Freddie. I, and we were saying that it could be that Brian had said in an interview, you know, some years later, quite a few years later, um, that 
because they what they like to do they would use the demo as the bed track quite often and use that as the scratch track and play along to it yeah um because you know they fleshed out a lot of these demos really quite fully um he said that some of roger's vocals definitely were used yeah um so and you can there's places where you will 100 percent hear it yeah um and that hey 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 i think you can just about hear um a little bit of roger coming through um so there's definitely a bit of dual vocal on there but it not necessarily all recorded at the same time but i remember like you know listen to this song again for the first time it's like whoa what the fuck is this this is heavy man <laughs> definitely got to be a nod to uh the beatles there those opening lyrics for sure too well you're just 17 all you want to do is disappear she was just 17 you know what i mean uh, yeah okay up there all right yeah no i've never kind of put that together before but the sentiment i like well you're just 17 all you want to do is disappear you know what i mean there's a lot of space between your ears yeah pretty good line that's not the worst. Pretty cool effect on the vocals there. Hey, there's some, there's something. It's a, a flanger or something that's or some kind of phase or something uh, or yeah, or chorus or something. And it's right. And it's and it's phasing, it's phasing across the the stereo spectrum. Yeah, love it. Well, and that's because because with News of the World, Queen had sort of gone not back to sort of rock roots, but they'd gone a little bit more to that sort of you know stripped down. Let's just play with guitar, bass, you know, and not sort of go completely overboard everything, but you still throw these little nuggets in, right? It's just these little production things that you think, ah, oh, the magic's still there. Just, if you look from it, it's even a rock straight ahead rocker like this, there's still those little bits you think, yeah, that's pretty fucking good. And, and great vocals. So we've got a, and this is another, there's another bit coming up here where you'll definitely a Rogers, you'll definitely a Rogers voice in this next bit coming up. Yeah, I think you could hear him. And that's, that's, uh, well, that's all Roger, really. But in the, in the chorus, it's pretty much all Roger. Um, I think with obviously Queen, uh, with Fred and maybe Brian doing some background vocals. I maybe? thought it said that. I thought I read that just uh, that uh, Freddie was singing along in the choruses as well. Okay, so probably just Roger and Freddie then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just before we get into that, I love the I love the repetitiveness of that. They don't need to go that far with it. In 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 it just goes and goes and goes and goes. Hmm. But again, man, it's it's a it's one of those songs that I, I get what punk was. You know, it's that sort of rebelling against it's teenagers rebelling against the the stuff shirts and their parents and you know a, a conservative government and everything else. And I feel so inarticulate. It's a just a it's four words that really just encapture that encapsulate that whole movement. that one that's a great line so you turn on the tv let it drip right down in your eyes but that sort of saturation again so you know we've talked on quite a lot of songs already about roger taylor's inability to write lyrics sometimes this one's a fucking belter for me I don't, there's, it's one of those where i wouldn't change a goddamn word in this song i was just uh i was admiring brian's little descending lick that oh, he yeah. played right when he stopped it yeah yeah it's, yeah it's got plenty of brian in this song but 
definitely got uh, it's got more Roger. It's an, over, an overwhelmment of Roger. Now with 40% more Roger. <laughs> That's what was on the original album cover, and anybody who tells me differently On a guitar side uh, standpoint, Randy, just on a technical standpoint, I'm assuming that's all down pick. That's just really sort of fast, down, all all just straight down picking. Oh, you mean the the, the jug jug? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I may have to really really listen a, a okay. little harder, but but I, I, my my speculation is yes, I, I would say so. And would that just be fifths? Is he just playing sort of sort of power fists there? Do you think? Just Probably. yeah, just ju- it just sounds like bar chords. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you're not going to get any chord extensions, and you know the uh, then then your minor and majors become sort of indistinguishable, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 assuming that's what it is. Yeah, it sounds just like a two note chord to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder too, because you were talking about the effect on the vocal. I wonder if they're doing something with the panning as well, because yeah, it's it's, it's almost like the effect, it, just the affected. They've got the sort of the clean vocal is coming through the the center, but then the affected vocals almost it's that that's kind of bouncing left to right. Almost it sounds like. Well, they could be just sending the effect out of bus, and that's yeah. what you're listening to is not uh, is just the just the verb or whatever. And uh, yeah, just listening to their Kev, yeah, he's he's definitely uh, palm muting and and uh, and 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 on downstrokes, yeah. Get that look. I just I, I heard something in guitars, Randy. I'm getting better at this shit, man. It's not just drums I can comment on anymore. Jesus Christ. You're, you're a fucking one man fucking podcast army. <laughs> I feel So let's stop it there quickly just while we get this because you can hear it already. We've got that really super high pitched guitar solo that Brian's going to be is coming in. And it's just a weird, it's almost like static noise or just this weird dissonant, horrible. You know, I mean, I don't mean horrible as in bad, I mean horrible as in just sort of grimy and uncomfortable. Yeah, I wonder if you could just back that up just a, a little yeah. titch there. Just so we get more of that that guitar starting. I want to hear, hear that again because I just was starting to hear it when you when you paused it and I was okay. like. It's hard to make a comment on it, but because I think I have an idea what it is. Okay. What do you think? How's he doing that? Mm. Yeah, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. I thought... Uh, I thought maybe he was just gonna, you know. So uh, on the uh, on in the guitar, uh, the he- the headstock after the the nut, mm-hmm. uh, the the strings tension's really high there, and you can you can uh, you can sometimes pluck those strings, and it'll give you this weird, really weird high pitched sound. So initially, yeah. I thought maybe it was that, 
but I, I don't feel that's what it is. It, it could be, I don't know. I don't exactly know what he's got, what he's got, how he's, how he's getting that sound. I gotta be honest with you. I'm not it's sure. cool, isn't it though? Cause it's not like, well, you know, cause you, you'd think there that like, you know, in, in a modern rock song, if this was Van Halen, Van Halen would just fucking shred a, you know, a big ripping solo with, with dive bombs and all kinds of things. But rather than that, Brian, cause this song is, it is sort of a, it has a, a weird sort of roughness to it, or it's got a roughness, but a weird dissonance to it generally. And this just adds to the I would whole... say it's I would say it's got it's got it's rough. I would say it's rough and ready for sure. Yeah. And so it just adds to that kind of nasty fuck you kind of feeling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it, yeah. I'll have to I'd have to hear the rest of this. Is, or is that is that the solo? That's it. That's basically it. Because there's a man, so we've talked lots to, and I just mentioned you know, being a drummer, I love Rogers Phils, and there's another fucking epic drum fill coming in here. Dynamite. I love to because when it that's fast as fuck, man. First of all, that's really, really, really quick and really, really tight the way he's playing it. Sounds like rototoms too, eh? Oh, totally. But then if you notice too, it's almost like they've dipped the faders right at the end of the fill, just before that big power chord comes back. And I'll just play it up again. I'll just play that last little bit to you again. Just listen for that. Because it the drums almost fade out. It's weird. It's super weird. And it's definitely a deliberate thing, but it's and it's super cool. And I've never really heard it in on anything else, but I've just always liked that. So if you give it a quick listen. See what I mean? It kind of, it just, they just almost kind of fit out. So I almost wonder whether that was a, a punched in drum part. Yes, yeah, yeah. And there could have been an existing track there that they're just pulling down as they're doing the right. Right. That almost sounds like that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But either way, I just, I just love that. It's just again, it's one of those little, one of those little things in a song that you can sort of miss or overlook but it's just something that's always made this song i don't know it's got that well just kind of shocks you it kind of just shocks you and takes you uh (laughs) takes you out of the song for a second and then they're like you know and then they just like bang and hit you over the head and say oh fuck don't forget we're still rocking here guys (laughs) well let's let's still rock a little bit longer yeah hey why not right we're here What a fucking end, hey? <laughs> Cardiac. Hard stop. Done. Out. Done and dusted. I don't know if you remember. I think it was that song, um, No Good For You, that I, I brought into you and we, and we recorded. And mm-hmm. I'd wanted to stop it exactly the same way. It was a really hard stop on No Good For You, and then it ended, and that's why. It was this song I was still in the the idea for that from that's why i wanted to do it and i'm glad you talked me out of it but i was just like oh man i want to, I want to do shit i want to do this year heart attack ending <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i actually I actually haven't brought this up in, in in a few episodes for sure but uh it does look like the song is an e flat so uh i'm assuming they probably uh, uh dropped the tune down from e to e flat and he's right. playing an open open tuning would be my assumption and uh you know for anybody who's not into guitars or whatever the beauty of that is is then you get your 
your E is just that that much lower and it makes it sound just a little bit heavier. Yeah. And then it also gives you the bit of the luxury of having your vocalist to have a little more headroom on his range. Uh, so I'm not saying those are the reasons, but uh, but those are the reasons that we, we used to do it. So Yeah, it's all the tricks of the trade though, right? All those little things are... It's those little differences between performing and recording. And in the studio, you can use... I mean, you can do it live. Obviously, you do it live as well. You can drop tune doing it live, but it's a bit more of a pain in the ass, especially if you're sort of a you know a club band because then you need a, a guitar that's drop tune because no one wants to fucking sit and watch you drop tune your guitar on stage, right? I'm sure guys do it, but in the studio, yeah. you can you can use it all the, the entire bag of tricks is open to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when we did it, we just uh, we we tuned to E flat all night, and it's not exactly drop tuning, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a drop tune would be more of a reference to a, an open an open tune D or C. Right. Right. But yeah, very, uh, very cool. Let's see that ending one more time real quick. <laughs> cardiac. It doesn't even, you don't it. even, you don't even get the click at the end. Of the, you don't get that. It's cardiac. And it ends almost you, on the A. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you they had a, I bet you they just hit, they just hit mute in the console and that was it. Just yeah. Done. Cut it there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know what we're going to do, Randy? And do you so? Sorry, I, I do you think you've heard this song before? Or was it not? Yes, quite, but it's been it's just been time. so long that it's okay, almost like listening to it again. Truthfully, it, that's all okay. it's been. Well, what we sometimes do in that case, folks, is we just sit and me and Randy will sit and listen to this whole thing again, just straight through. Because with the songs that Randy's hearing for the first time or for the first time in a long time, someone had pointed out, um, on Twitter. Nick Crofts had said that what we should do is let Randy listen to the song all the way through because it's going to give you a different appreciation for the song. So we'll play the song again. Um, we'll listen to it and we'll make a few notes, any notes we want to make, um, anything we missed that we didn't that we didn't talk about as we were playing through. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll give you our sort of final thoughts on uh, She Heart Attack. Damn straight. Ready for this? Hit it. Well, that squeak to that next squeak to start. It's super, super cool. So there, I didn't talk over the end of that one because again, we just wanted to listen to the ending again because I don't know, man, that's pretty epic. I was just trying to see if I could find any uh, information on exactly on how uh, Brian played that that solo. So I would uh, employ implore implore or I would implore anybody who knows to uh, to let me know exactly how that was done. You know, I mean, there's definitely some effects going on for sure. There's some, there's definitely a delay involved, and but but how and what yeah. and. And, and you know, I mean, really, it's a bit of a nonsensical kind of a little piece, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, he's it's... got such he's got such other killer fucking licks in the in the other in the rest of the song too. Makes you wonder why he just didn't lay a face, face melter down. But I guess he had his uh, you know, Brian's got a, he's got his agenda, man. You know. Yeah. Again, I think it's because it fits the 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 tonality of the song. It's it's a again, it's rough and ready. It's it's a it's a in your face. It really is a fuck you song, right? And I think yeah. just putting that really awful sort of grating weird noise and it just it kind of fits like I I, I I totally get it and it's always been something that makes it stand out to me so I think before we go any further Kevin we should uh, we should decide what we're going to do with all this and we should get this voting fucking voted so uh, I do believe it's your turn to go first and so I gotta ask you Kev uh, is this a champion or does this one bite the dust it's an easy one for me Randy Champion 
know, and we do sometimes disagree, but I'm I'm going to be surprised if we do this time. But I will ask you anyway, Randy. You know, is that dissonant guitar part enough to put you on the wrong side of uh, Champion or Dust on this one, or do you think it just soars above all that? Is this one of the champions, or does it bite the dust? Yeah, so yeah. I mean if you want me to go first, I can go first. Sure. Uh I'll tell you I'll tell you this. So uh th- the last song we had uh lots of people were were sort of making excuses for the for the lyrics or 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 the you know, I, I you know, making excuses is a bad way to put it. But you know, to them it just doesn't bother them and blah blah blah. It's fine. So what I think we have here are just really fun easy not too serious of lyrics that are that are that are just fun which you know headlong could have used a bit of this treatment in in terms of the of the yeah, lyrics totally agree uh and there you know and, and i gotta be honest with you too uh, i i'm not super knocked out about that little brian may squiggly bit at the end <laughs> it just seems it just seems needless it doesn't really to me it doesn't add much to, uh, okay well it's just that's just my my take and and still would love to know how it was done mm-hmm. uh the little drum break there's that that's that's pretty cool and uh yeah yeah other than that I, i'm not sure what you know what i haven't said but yeah it's just it's just a it's just a balls out quite a simple i forget i looked at the chord chart really but it looked like maybe a three four chord song so yeah uh and just you know jug 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 one two three you see at the end you know i don't yeah, know it'd I... be it would be a blast to see them do it live well, and I want to, I want to do, I want to bring that up because I'll, I'll do the live at Montreal version because I don't remember it. Um, I don't, well, I specifically, I don't remember what Brian plays. And I'm, I'm guessing he probably, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, maybe. But to me, again, I mean, this is just, uh, it's off my favorite Queen album. Usually, usually, what I would say is my favorite Queen album, News of the World. Um, and so I just, I just, like I said, as a kid, you hear this thing coming from Queen. There's just like, there's no, you know, you've got big harmonies, but they're not somebody to love and bohemian rhapsody big harmonies you don't have really much clever instrumentation there's no section this in this song particularly it's very like you said it's very straight but for that it stands out so it really sort of stands out on this album i think it's the i can't remember which track is it third track on this record third track yeah so they go we are uh, we were right you were the champions so big two big stadium anthems and then this one just brings you back down to earth with a fucking almighty thump and for yep. that again, I think it's just it's just very very cool, and it's it's one of those songs where Roger got everything right for me. Like the, the you know the like you said the lyrics, they're basically nonsensical, but there's a few cool things in there. Hey hey hey, it was the DNA that made me this way. I don't know, yes. I throw in DNA. That's quite quite good. I do like the you know you're just 17, all you want to do is disappear, and I feel so inarticulate. And that section is that's what sort of pushes this song over the edge for me. Because I love what really, really floats the brown boat. Is that what you're absolutely? To yeah, and it can be as simple as something like that in the song, right? That does it, where it just breaks it up enough. Because, like you said, up to that point, it's and I don't listen to a lot of that music, but I, I kind of like it, and you know, sprinkled around lightly. But the drum pattern in that section, because he comes off the the kick, isn't on the one anymore. Now the the snare is leading the one, which is just again, it's very, very cool. And then the timing coming back out of that section. It drags past the full count. I think. I think it comes comes in like on the two or something. Then it comes back in. So again, just those little those little bits. Um, I just always find quite appealing. It's just again a, an iconic ending. I think. Yeah, I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. You know, the the ending doesn't. It doesn't 
wow me or thrill me like <laughs> it, like it does for you. But yeah, I was just going to comment that uh, I do love I do love the chorus, uh, and I love the I love the panning flanging effect or or whatever yeah. exactly it is. It's hard to say, but uh, I, I love it. And and yeah, and to me it sounds like to me it sounds like Roger and Brian, or sorry, Roger and Fred singing. Yeah, uh, it definitely is. Yeah. And, and but I mean, you know, to, to great effect is, is it was was my was my ultimate point. You know, I mean, they because they sound those two in particular sound so great together. Oh right? my god, do they ever to the point? And I think we said this on another on another probably um, episode too that you kind of wish they'd done it more. You know, there's a few other songs you think, oh man, you could have done Twin Lead on this one; it would have been just banging. You know, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, from 1977, this isn't a this isn't a <laughs> this isn't a new song, so it's pretty cool that it it stands up pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And 74, really, like, you know, as you said, I mean, yeah. this version is recorded in 77, but it's an old, 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 old song. And, you know, bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and the sort of the new wave of British heavy metal would take that chugga chugga to um, build careers on it, right? You know? Yeah. I made, uh, I, I made millions going jug, jug, jug. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, too, though. I, didn't, I just never noticed that. Well, you're just 17. It's exactly the same cadence. Yeah, the, the Paul and, sings it, on, and also you know. the so is the second line too. You know what I mean, and but then they add their own spin. But I mean, it's got. I mean, it, it has to be a nod to them. What, who else would, who else would do that? Not well, know? yeah, for sure. And they, I mean, they were, yeah, of course, like everyone else at the time, they were big, big Beatles fans. Of course, they were, right? Yeah. Okay, well, I've got two versions of Sheer Heart Attack. Maybe what we'll do is because we've got Montreal in eighty-one, but I want to throw up. I've got a version of this live in Texas in seventy-seven. Mm-hmm. So let's just have a quick listen. Um, maybe what we'll do is we'll have a quick listen to the intro, just see how, how it sounds. And then we'll try and flick through to where the guitar solo would be just to see if Brian takes it on and what he does. Sure. Roger loves his gong. Okay, you're ready to rock and roll! Fuck his drums sound good. Might be a little bit faster, hey? Yeah. So for people who maybe haven't seen this, Freddie's got his sparkly silver sequined leotard on. I love that fake intro, like coming in and then stopping and then coming in again from the start. I think that's really fucking cool. That's a really good way of doing this live. And you can, well, you can tell Deaky's playing bass too because he was he just did <laughs> yeah. the, the little walk up. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I wish I had the balls to wear Freddie's outfit. <laughs> hey, and the, nobody, and the body. nobody. Well, well, yeah. Okay, so I see what you did there, but uh, yes, <laughs> yes, and no to all. But uh, I still like it. <laughs> I'll just click forward a bit, see if we can find the solo if there is one. Sure. There's a bit of a montage here, presumably from the, well, it looks like 77, but up to maybe sort of 80 even, um, of Freddie just going apeshit and smashing his uh, his mic stand and pushing over, which, you know, I mean, come on, dude. People are paying for that. People, people got to clean it up. You're obviously got to clean all the shit up. Don't beat the shit out of your speakers, you fucking arsehole. <laughs> Reminds me of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the mic drop, you know? Yeah. Mic drop. 
anybody who's ever done a mic drop has never bought a mic. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're really expensive. Yeah, uh, you just would never fucking, it's a good fucking mic. Don't drop it. You've made your point. Get a prop. If you're going to mic drop, use a prop. <laughs> well, let's just have a quick listen to Randy, to this 40th uh, anniversary edition. So this was the, we think maybe sort of the rougher instrumentally sort of version, just to see if there's anything in there that's a little bit different. Mm. So. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, huge pick slide. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I know, I, like I said, I mean, that's the thing with this 40th anniversary edition of uh, News of the World, which I definitely have to pick up at some point, and the stuff like the Starfleet projects. It's just hearing all the studio stuff. The stuff that didn't make it, the stuff they tried, the stuff, you know, I just I love, love hearing the bands that I love fuck around in the studio. It's just it's just joyful. The merch train rolls on. The merch. <laughs> but stuff like this isn't, you know, it's not another fucking, you know, it's not a it's not a quick it's not a kiss casket or a fucking queen sleeping bag. It's stuff that's like, yeah, I want to hear the music and then people talking to you. That's what I want to hear. I don't need another duffel bag. I don't need to. Do I was just gonna say, yeah, well, yeah. Do you have do you have a queen lunchbox? Like, come on. I, Possibly did it one? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a Tony the Tiger lunchbox back in the day. Man, Tony the Tiger was fucking great, if you remember. And I had, I had definitely had a Tony the Tiger lunchbox. You know what I'm talking Please tell me you know what I'm talking about. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. They're great. Kellogg's Frosties. I'd rather eat one than be one. Yeah, so just sort of general thoughts. I mean... Yeah, it's just a balls out rocker. I think it's kind of a it's a cornerstone song in Queen's catalogue. I think most Queen fans, I'd be surprised if you know we'll get to the maybe we'll talk about this right now then. I'd be surprised if this one comes back anything other than say if it's any lower than 90% in favor, I'll be really surprised. Because I think it's a really direct, immediate song that's very accessible. You can get into it, but it's got some cool stuff in there that's a little bit queen. It's got some great vocals. You know, it's got that weird guitar thing in that you, you know, we obviously didn't love. Um, so I'm going to say that this one's going to be 92 to 8. 92% champion, 8% bites the dust. That's how, that's how high I'm going with this song. Wow, wow. Those are, that's big talk. Okay, I'll tell you what. I will play to the contrarians and I'll say 80-20. 80-20, you think that low, hey? Well, 80% will like it. It's, it's uh, <laughs> by far the majority. Uh, but I'll, I'll uh, just, just, as I was thinking of this, uh, as you were as you were talking, uh, and one of the things I think is is pretty cool about this this song too is that if you're a, a budding musician and and you're interested in playing a Queen song, this is perfect. It's just it's just yeah. three chords and you just rock it. Now you know maybe you're not going to be able to pull out those harmony vocals in the chorus like these guys can, but man, you know this is this is one of those songs that that anybody can just get up, plug in, yeah. play it, jam along. Uh, and that's that's the beauty of of a great band when they can write stuff that's simple but it's still catchy and it still grabs you and and I, and I really think it's I really think they did it here so yeah I would say the I would say for sure that uh, it would have been a, a very popular song live so I mean it was played you know pretty it's played a lot between seventy eight and eighty it was a mainstay really pretty much a mainstay played it a little bit in eighty one eighty two and then a few times in twenty six but I think the album would have come out. Yeah, it came out in September 77. 
So I don't think Queen played a lot of songs before they were released. I don't, and maybe, you know what, people who are listening, fact check me on that for sure, because I'd love to know. I, I think that mainly the single of the album came out and then they would add it to the live set list. So people had already, you know, had a chance to hear it for the most part. So, so they never tried anything out ahead, hey? I don't, not many things, I don't think. Maybe like way back in 70, you know, obviously all the mm-hmm. stuff before the, off the first album would have been played before because that was their more yeah, or less their live set. But um, I think for the rest of it, I think most of it was studio first. It was written, studio, because it was, you know, album tour, album tour, album tour. It was, it was, that was the old, the way you used to do it back in the old days, right? So it was played, uh, it was played 250 times by Queen according to setlist.fm. That's a lot of times. That's a lot of times. In 79 to 84, never played. I don't think, it doesn't look like it was ever played. Oh, I should double check that. I'm just kind of curious to see if, um, can't imagine Queen Adam Lambert or Queen and Paul Rogers doing it. Yeah, maybe with Paul. So no, never performed um, after, I think, what did I say, 1982? So it was oh, not yeah. performed, not, not was not performed with either um, Paul or Adam Lambert. You know, we talk about, we, we always talk about vocals with Queen and how good they were with, with harmonies. But of course, I mean, those were studio harmonies, a lot of them, where they wouldn't necessarily, because you can, I mean, each of them is singing two or three parts in a lot of those songs, so you can't do that live. You just can't do it, so you got to, you know, as you said, you always modify the song. And Queen always played songs differently live. Always. Yeah. And that's because you when I go see a live band, I want to fucking see a performance. Don't just play it exactly the same way you're playing the record. That's boring. I'll just go home and listen to the record. It's yeah, I know, I'm I know get for, random. I know for some people that's, you know, they'll, you know, the, the comment will be, oh, man, they sounded just exactly like the record. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, you know, just listen to the Stones and their career and how much those songs will have changed from when they oh, God, were released yeah. to when they were still playing. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> I like I like the evolution of 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 a song, and I, I like the way a a band will treat a song in the studio versus how they'll do it live and how they'll tackle some of those technical problems. And uh, yeah. yeah, so for me, for me, I you know, I mean, I guess as long as it keeps the, I guess I'll use the reference as long as they're keeping the DNA of the song alive, <laughs> then then you know. The, yeah, I'm 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 all for it. The cardinal is starting to throw out the queen puns. You know what they say that punning is the lowest form of wit, Randy. They, they do say that, and that's they, not me. I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that they say that. I don't agree either. I think you're a very witty man, and I like puns personally. I'm just saying mm. that that's what they say, right? This nebulous they. Wow, man. They, they, those, them. Wow. What can they do? <laughs> Us, we, them, they, here, there. I don't know, man. Fuck them. Go fuck yourself. That's what I say. Well, should mention too that by the time this comes out, I will be posting links to our merch store. There are a couple of things that you'll be able to, if, I mean, Christ knows why you would. Um, me and Randy are definitely going to get t-shirts, but if you want to buy a t-shirt with our stupid faces on or a logo or whatever, I, oh I've got a, I've got two or three designs up there already. And I think I, I think Dystopia has got to be on there. I've got to, I've got to come up with some kind of <laughs> angle on it, but Dystopia, I fucking love it. Dystopia is pretty great. Dystopia is awesome. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, is that enough? Have we talked enough? I just, I really just really think we've really just talked this thing right into the fucking ground. And are you still tired? That's the main question is, how, how tired are you at this point? Are you more tired or less tired? I mean, I'm hoping that Shea Heart Attack gave you a bit of pep, put a little bit more lead in your pencil. I would say, I would say that it did. And uh, I think, you know, maybe what we should do is just crack a couple more brews and just do another episode right now. <laughs> All right. See, we, we threatened this last week. 
and maybe we'll keep threatening it and then just just pop it in like i don't know the, the, the just one day we'll just do it we'll just do it one day yeah yeah we'll just do it one day back to back you know i mean really we should have done we were rocking with the champions that could have been a double episode right there i know what you the need ball is was better, dropped you need a better producer someone who thinks of these things on the fly we need cory morissette is what we need you need to do this you need to do this podcast with cory morissette that's what needs to happen well, I've been sort of thinking about letting you go, but uh, <laughs> you are the podcast king, so uh, I won't I mean, let you go just yet. I should I should be beheaded? I don't know about that. Right? I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the end of Rose Pierre's blade. Fuck that. Be the sacrificial podcast host. <laughs> Bring down the wicker man. <laughs> All right, that's that's quite enough of that nonsense. Let's uh, let's leave these people alone. We've kept them long enough, Kev. Come on. All right. Okay. Bye, folks. Thanks for listening. Sir Brian Harold May is 76, and here we are still talking about his impact on pop music. Pretty cool, I'd say. Though I am curious if Lady May gave any special massages in celebration. Ah, maybe just a cake. If I was to title this episode, I'd call it Hey, 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 It Was the DNA. So you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside if you get some time. Go down to that old deep dive podcast network. They got more stuff than you can shake a stick at. We'll be back with you next week to chat about Queen. Give us a kiss, Kevin. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.